Today's Past Tunecast! Adult conversations about yesterday's animation. animations. Saturday morning at Cartoon Fair. Today's Past Tunecast! Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tunecast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. Folks, listen up. I hope you're already listening. You turn on the damn thing. Yeah, put your ears my way. We are about to unleash on you what I would say is an unusual episode of the Days Past Tunecast. Yeah, we're coming with it on this one. Yes, and it's got to be because the cartoon that we're covering is itself a bit unusual for multiple reasons, not the least of which is that it's based on a game. Well, I mean, we've covered games before. We've yep, covered we tunes based on mini games. Yes. Video games. Uh-huh. Mortal Kombat. Super Mario Brothers. Uh-huh. Okay. We've yep. done those. This is not based on a video game. Not a board game either. I can't say that. No, That's but- I, you see, People do play it on a flat surface. Yeah. So you could play it on a board and there may be a board involved, but it's but not. You can't put those two words together. No, yeah, don't you, do that. No, you no. will you will end up with some knives in your ribs. Or at the minimum, like a hundred letters. Well, what the, the hell is it that we're talking about? <laughs> in 1983, the creators of this game, TSR, teamed up with Marvel Productions. Not Yeah, they're related to Marvel Comics, of yeah. course, but they are specifically the people that help bring us G.I. Joe and Transformers. That old classic. Classic Saturday morning cartoons. They teamed up together to bring us an adaption of this game, not board game. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dungeons and dragons. Dungeons and dragons. Dungeons and dragons. Most of us know it's a fantasy game. Mm-hmm. I mean, with that title, right. you don't think that you're in a spaceship <laughs> or in a Western. It's a fantasy game. And the cartoon is a fantasy cartoon. Mm-hmm. But the setup, it, the thing that makes it kind of special here yeah. is that it's about teenagers. Well, really kids through teenagers. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's old enough to drive and nobody's in diapers. Well, that's the age range. Yeah. These it's six, the sweet spot. Yeah. It's the best place yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. These kids are D and D players from our world. There's no pilot episode ever made right. for this show they, to they set just it up. Plop them. They just plop them right there. The pilot episode is the first minute of every episode because it's the opening. They tell you what happened. Uh-huh. That these kids were at an amusement park of some kind, that there was a D&D ride that they got on, and that somehow led them through a portal into the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Hey, look! The Dungeons & Dragons ride! And now every episode, they want to go home, and they can't. They're stuck in the fantasy land, and it's not as much fun as they thought it was going to be. I don't like this. Whoa! What's happening? Now, I like a lot of... I play video games. I've read about Dungeons & Dragons and related tabletop role-playing games. That's what that type of game is called. I can't read, but that that sounds nice. You've heard heard me reading. Uh You've heard the noise that (laughs) my brain makes when I'm reading. So I have tangential experience with this type of thing. Mm -hmm. I played a Marvel role-playing game, like Marvel superheroes role-playing game made by the same company as Dungeons & Dragons, TSR. Yeah. I bought it as a kid on layaway Mm -hmm. from Hobby Lobby and so excited, brought it home, didn't realize I was buying like three books worth of information about superheroes and how to make them fight each Uh other. You know, I thought it was just going to be a board game, basically. Uh, And it's not. We we need to keep this in mind. Not a board game. That's not what role playing games are. And then later, much later, played it with roommates, like in my 30s. Okay. So it took me 
20 years of my life to get to where I was even ready to do that game. Yeah. Let alone something as complicated as Dungeons and Dragons. But that's, I just, I, I like fantasy stuff. Okay. I like sci-fi more. Yeah. But Dungeons and Dragons just never did it, man. Mm-hmm. How about you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so listen, I was kind of going through these comic book stores, promoting our podcast and <laughs> dropping off stickers. Yes. Um, I got to this one in Grand Prairie, uh, Texas. And they were there were like about fifty to sixty individuals back there in teams, yes, um, playing it. <laughs> yeah, they, they were they were teamed up, uh, right. and and they were they were playing D anD D. But that's my only experience. That's okay, as close I've come to. Okay, and what we've covered Flintstones before, right? Yes, we don't have to have been cavemen to talk about it, it the ha- Flintstones. I mean, it's going to help, but well, you do, we don't have to. I mean, Travis, I don't mean to bring up a sore <laughs> subject, but I do recall that your blood work from Twenty Three and Me said that you have a, a, a large amount of Neanderthal. <laughs> Let, let's keep moving. Okay. Let's keep moving, Will. <laughs> so we don't have to be experts on the game to talk about the cartoon, but D&D has such a fan base and it's not as simple as, well, let's go play a game. Uh-huh. Hey, let's do a, like a pickup game of D&D in the front yard. No, it doesn't work that way. No. So we called in our own expert, our own dungeon master, my pal, Brandon Hunt. I am Brandon Hunt. I've been playing tabletop RPGs since I was 12. I took a long gap where I thought I was too cool to play D&D. And then I turned 30 and decided that I was too cool not to play D&D and started playing again. I liked how you flipped it and reversed it to where I realized I wouldn't be cool if I didn't do this versus I realized I was just uncool enough. Exactly. And I should accept it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that is the positive way to put that. Yes. Brandon was kind enough to clear his schedule to talk to us about Dungeons and Dragons, and about the cartoon. We forced him to watch this cartoon. He well, had we never needed seen his it. help. We needed his help with we this did. podcast. We yeah. called out. He answered the call. Yeah. So we will be jumping over to him to get his opinion, his insight throughout the episode. To be clear about the power dynamic here, even though you're a guest on our podcast, uh, you are married to one of my bosses. And so yes. I understand that I need to treat you well versus how <laughs> we would usually treat a guest. You're assuming that we're going to have like deep conversations about this. Like she doesn't want to know. Like it's it's fine. And we asked him a lot of hard hitting, in depth questions. Yeah, we weren't we weren't lobbing any softballs to him. Which you like the most, dragons or dungeons? If you had to do one or the other, I don't play with many of either. But uh, and let's open it up to your life. Just say in life in general, dungeons or dragons. That that makes it a lot harder question. Um, <laughs> let's narrow it down then. <laughs> Listen, briefs or boxers? All right? Briefs or boxers? Dungeons or dragons? Break it down for us, sir. <laughs> in my real life, probably dragons. In my game, probably dungeons. So mm. dragon. In the streets, dungeons in, in the, the sheets? sheets, kind of. <laughs> sure, sure. If I you think. sleep in the basement, yeah, yeah if you yeah. sleep at home, yeah. I think that works. I think that works. <laughs> you had talked about how you had a time that D&D was not part of your life. Yes. You denied this part of yourself. Yes. <laughs> and I get it, because like I didn't read comics for a while, too, or at least not many, and certainly not publicly. That was another thing that was given up during those times. In the past 10 years, any number of things that you used to get a noogie for, you now give the noogies for not liking. Yes. D&D being one of them, uh, comic books, uh, Marvel obviously exploding. It is now the hip, almost the hipster thing in some ways, it uh-huh. seems. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, um, a street cred that you have by knowing... The deep cuts, you know, like there's there's always that that extra bit of knowledge that you get to bring. Yeah, it is basically like being in on early sub pop records and then grunge hits. And you're like, OK, yeah, cool. <laughs> I already I already have the record. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I know what I'm talking about. In 1983, when the cartoon came out, the Dungeons and Dragons animated series, 
D&D had existed for a, around 10-ish years yeah. and was popular. Yeah. Popular enough for them to make a cartoon out of it. Uh, yeah. They didn't just do that hoping that <laughs> the whole thing would pick up and we'll get we some... We need this to be famous. Yeah, like, I mean, they certainly wanted to get more people yeah. playing the game yeah. from the cartoon, but they had a base. They, yeah. It was not quite mainstream, but plenty of people knew what it was. It had a reputation, of course, to be associated with nerds and that was a word that got thrown around a lot oh, yeah. in the in the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah. And you didn't want to be one, guys, <laughs> telling you. World's a different place now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what you could be nerdy for that would get you in trouble with someone. Oh, yeah, right. Like, what could you get? I know people still get bullied, <laughs> but like, what do you could you like in the world that would get you bullied for, I like superheroes. Great. They're all over the fucking movies. I like comic books. Yeah, that's where superheroes come from. I like... Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. So does everybody else. Neil Patrick Harris does it. Like Maybe like, like horticulture. <laughs> yeah, I know? almost feel like I almost feel like if you're like I just like to watch football, then you get a fucking wedgie. I don't know. Oh, yeah, right. How do, I got bullied for shit, and I don't want anyone to get bullied. But I do wonder how are we going to have artists in the future if no one's getting bullied oh, for yeah. anything? How are we going to have podcasts? We, we need art. Yeah, we, we need, we need good something. Art. Yeah, because uh, that's where we're at now. But we're not. I don't think we're offending anyone or breaking the the bank here. We're not but, trying to. No, certainly not. Yeah. By saying that D&D was for many years the choice of nerds. nerds it was the dork. nerd yeah. brand mm-hmm. was D&D is what you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in talking to Brandon about how he got into D&D and tabletop role-playing games, it was a little bit different story. D&D was a little cool for my group. We were really nerdy. We played this uh, game called GURPS. It stands for the Generic Universal Role-Playing System. And it was like super mathy, like really, really mathy. Like creating a character, I I think I spent legitimately 72 hours. I remember like having trouble with the math. So I built a spreadsheet that took me like all day, all night, the entire weekend. 13-year-old Brandon was making an Excel spreadsheet (laughs) to make his character so he could go hang out with his friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> because to be clear, to get to the nerdy things that you could have been beaten up for, the dragons, the wizards, the queens, and whatever else, yes. you would have to do a layer of math to even earn your access to that. One hundred it was like it was like a test, <laughs> like a like an yes. exam. Are you nerdy enough? To make sure you you were ready. And <laughs> I remember we had a friend, he was playing D D. And I remember like just like scoffing at it, like you only have one book. I have seven. You, <laughs> right, you only have right. one book to make your character. <laughs> it starts out with like, I'm a nerdy kid. This is a nerdy thing. Let's do the math for it. But then like it turned into story. I mean, there are some people who play Dungeons and Dragons because they like, I guess, to get made up swords and gold. Uh-huh. And that's like their main, I, I slayed <laughs> the dragon. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, that's fine. I mean, in a video game, I would be, that would appeal to me more to like, yeah. you know, kill a dragon. Cause there's a visceral reaction more so than throwing dice. But the thing that appeals to me, it sounds like to Brandon too, and to a lot of people is the story that comes about when you have three, four more people that are improvising as characters, making choices as those characters and the story that comes about over time. It's an improv story game. Your dungeon master has placed you in a dreadfully precarious position. You're playing the most phenomenal game ever created. Your skin grows cold from your first glimpse of the enormous beast. It's a product of your imagination. Survival depends on a quick, decisive move. Your choices are limited. Stand and fight or run. And you can't just let five people tell a story together without some kind of guidance, someone to crunch the numbers. And that is the dungeon master, basically the referee of the game. (laughs) 
That's I I know Dungeon Masters everywhere, including Brandon. Like Brandon's not my friend anymore after uh-huh. I said that. Sorry, Brandon. I, I know that's a simplification. Yeah. Everything's a simplification. This can't be a four-hour show. Okay. Right. <laughs> but Brandon is a dungeon master. He dungeon masters a game regularly. Yep. But he started when he was a kid. I would do what's called like a one-shot, which is like a one-day game. Something that would last for five, six, maybe eight hours, depending on how much you know red bull and cheetos we were allowed to have um and until until someone's mom got tired of us being at their house the sweat smell was now creating a fog that rose up from the basement and was driving them out of their own home 100 percent, and and, it, and, it, and it's west texas where it's a, a thousand degrees and we came at nine at night and we we're still there at noon playing this dumb game i just love dming i love reacting and trying to create something that is fun for the players They're not going to go exactly the way that I thought they would. The second that I put it in the hands of the players, it will fall apart. It seems like some of the things or the things that make D&D so attractive to the people that it attracts can't be present in an adaption of the work. So fun story. There's a D&D group. They're the most famous D&D group. They had 540,000 people watching their final episode of their first campaign called Critical Role. They put together a Kickstarter to make three animated episodes, like the history of their first campaign. They, within 45 minutes, raised all of the money to make three episodes. And then they proceeded to raise the most money any Kickstarter has ever raised, a total of $11,385,449. million. Holy shit. Will, we're, we're missing this we're, Kickstarter action over we're here. Right? We're in the wrong business. We could have been doing this. And they are now producing an entire season set in their first campaign. They got that first season purchased by Amazon. So now they're funding it, as well as a second season is already on the uh, on the take. But it's actually the story of their game. It seems like then that there's a certain amount of if you get to be a part of the creative, at, at least a fly on the wall during the creation of these stories... And podcasts specifically give us that feeling a lot of the time of you're in on it. You're just a silent partner in whatever's happening mm-hmm. that you can be more invested in the product that you're like, that's just a, an animation of the thing me and those guys did together, even though I just listened to it. 100%. I think that I put it now that I'm looking at this. Yeah, it looks like at I, least a million. <laughs> I, I, yeah, at least a million. At least a million. Um, I think I put $100 into this because like, I wanted to see it happen. It is essentially the actual realization of what this cartoon should have been. As a kid, had this very D&D cartoon, let's say it came out when you were 10, right at your ripest age as a kid, enjoying Dungeons and Dragons. How would you have felt about it? Um, I would have, man... I think I would have loved it because they probably <laughs> DM, like it was probably more close to the games I played. It could have gone either way. I was waiting. I was yeah. waiting for it. Yeah, I think I probably would have like just the fact that they're talking about tabletop RPGs. I would have tuned in. Don't know if you can tell, but I thought I was setting him up to say that this is not a good cartoon uh-huh. or that he would have hated it as a kid. And uh, Brandon, you didn't take the bait, man. Uh-uh, you, no. you you surprised me. He zagged. Yeah, he zagged. He zagged. I thought I was going for a zig. Uh-huh. He went yeah. for a zag. Yeah. 
I kind of get that, though, because any Marvel or any superhero thing as a comic fan growing up that was on TV, I would have been interested no matter the quality level. Yeah. So I, I get that. And then also with this cartoon, I think had I seen it as a kid, the idea of being a kid sucked into another world where you have to, you're, you're unique because uh-huh. you're not from there. You got to find your way through it. Yeah, that, that'd be your bag. That would be cool. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult reflecting on that. You're not taking it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Medieval worlds are, are not that welcoming. Like, <laughs> like they are, and especially the ones that we build of like these arch evil world ending deities and catastrophic events it's not it's not fun (laughs) the dark ages alone are one of the worst times to be on earth (laughs) or anywhere that it resembles it and then you add the magic that seems like mostly people that are undesirables are in control of yes it's a bad deal it's bummer indeed they like the opening they like get transported to this world and they're faced with like a demon lord and Vecna, the deity of the dragons. And the idea is, okay, now get out of this, you children. Yes. I would be even more terrified for me. Like I'm I, I'm I'm a child of the 90s. I I don't know how to start a fire. Like I don't know how to pathfind through woods. Like what, like what what's my goal here? Like how am I I'm just dead. Like I just hope that I can find something to eat that won't poison me. And I can maybe get to a town where I can buy some food if I can figure out how to make money. I think I'm selling myself to the to the first bidder, not the highest bidder. <laughs> Just whoever comes along first, I say, I am yours, or I'm hoping to eat something poisonous and not know it so I can just get out of there, uh, finally. Your, hum- your humble servant, <laughs> your kind yes, exactly. and gracious. <laughs> yeah, look, carrying carrying heavy objects is the same whatever fantasy realm you're in, okay? It's the same shit, yes. so I can deal with that. Thank you. The D&D animated series only lasted three seasons. I say only. That's yeah. better than some. <laughs> it's a good there, little run. It's 25 or so episodes overall. <laughs> um, there was a script written to be the final episode that was not produced at the time called Requiem that circulated on the internet. One of the writers, I guess, leaked it or whatever. And they recorded an audio drama version of it for the DVD release so that you could get a, I don't have to sit here and read a script version uh-huh. of the whole thing. And it's, it's... It's not my preferred way to take in a cartoon. Meanwhile, on the moors, all seven heads of an enormous hydra lash out as Bobby, Hank, Eric, Diana, Sheila, Uni, and Presto all run for their lives across a swamp. So, hopefully he doesn't have to repeat those names every, every time, yes. time. I mean, but that's from the middle of the episode, uh-huh. so you have to, I, I mean, that's one reason maybe don't do it this way. Oh, uh, man. So, yeah, but I, I imagine some people were very happy to hear this version of it to come out. (laughs) Others still wanted to see it actually come to life. out, huh? Yes. And so fans actually took animation from the real show and re-edited that with new voiceover to create a fan animated, a a fan animated (laughs) version of the Requiem script, the would have been series finale. And, you know, I... It's a real easy thing to sit there and just make fun of uh, something that was done by fans and the quality or whatever. But I think it's pretty fucking cool that they did this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I imagine it took a lot of work to do it. And I hope people enjoyed it because it, obviously they really tried. It uh-huh. looks like the real deal yeah. enough. That's awesome. Maybe it wasn't really Dungeon Master. It was him. Do you think I wouldn't know him? 
What are we going to do now? If Dungeon Master's abandoned us, who's going to help us? I will help you. Somebody recorded takes at their houses and edited the audio together and edited old assets from cartoons together to make that because they wanted to see this script come to life so They worked bad. their butts off, yeah. They did, uh-huh. and that's, that's love. That's true fandom right there. God bless them for that. Fandomonium. Nothing against them, but the original Dungeons & Dragons cartoon that they love so much, it's not so great. It feels like if I forced my family to sit down and play D&D... <laughs> Like, this would be the party. And they would just want to get it done with. Like, they just, like, they're just trying to get through it. Yes. But I keep making them come. Just Googling how to end a D&D game in 10 minutes. (laughs) How do I win D&D? How do I win it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I I know that gets asked. Uh, And you win by by having a good time. Yeah, by having fun. It's it's the friends you made along the way, right? It's the journey, not the destination. (laughs) All true, but also corny to say. Yes. Let's just admit it. A hundred percent. If you judge it by the beginning of this cartoon, their life is largely just standing around waiting for a demon man to come along and attack them. I mean, they're tr- they're grooming themselves. And other than staying fed and occasionally bathed, I would imagine, like in a river, <laughs> that they're just wait. They just wait around until bad things happen. How accurate is that to the D&D experience? I mean, if if you if you don't. <laughs> It's 100% accurate, unfortunately. (laughs) Like, a a group of players, if you just let them hang out in the game, they're going to look at each other and, like, talk about work. And (laughs) you have to be like, okay, so what do y'all want to do? And they're like, I don't know, we'll buy beers and and hang out. And you're like, no, but, like, y'all are on a noble adventure. Don't y'all want to do something? And they're like, not really. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, there's orcs, and they're attacking your tavern. (laughs) Do something. (laughs) Sorry, your hands are gone now. Yes. Tom, you're disappeared. You don't you don't exist anymore. What's going on with y'all now? There's so many moments in the cartoon that feel like a really bad DM playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like just the worst DM on the planet playing Dungeons and Dragons in this one episode. Plus, I think he has some of the worst players I've ever watched. Like, like it's what it felt like was a DM who was planning on a four to five hour session. And everyone showed up three hours late. They had a half an hour to do it. And he was like, OK, I've got story beats to get through. Getting into the actual characters on the show, Mm -hmm. uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the animated series. (laughs) Formerly known as. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Now known as Canceled. (laughs) Canceled Project from TSR and Marvel Productions. Um, Six kids, like we said before, and they all are assigned immediately upon entering the world these these classes, which is basically like, what job do you do? What's your role in this thing? Like, are you a sword guy? Are you an arrow guy? Are you someone who likes to throw magic around? Barbarian, magician, thief, cavalier, and acrobat. Uh, they're all like a level one, whatever they are, right? Because they all suck at what they do. <laughs> I, ho- I hope so. They're playing based on Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, which was the second edition, technically. Um, Sounds like a class you would take yes. after Dungeons & Dragons 101. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. That's a postgrad. <laughs> That's right. Applied Dungeons & Dragons. Also, what what a nerdy way to name some stuff. Like, right? Like, we have Dungeons & Dragons. What's the next one? Oh, it's it's more. It's advanced. <laughs> it's, it's harder. Harder Dungeons & Dragons. That's what you get to play next. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there we're three seasons in on this episode. I know. That's what I was stuck on. They've not gotten... I assume any better. If I had been playing with a group for three years and my wizard didn't know his spells, 
I would leave. Like I wouldn't DM that group anymore. If the paladin's only idea was like, I'm the one that's supposed to block things. Like if that, like, right. come on, man, you've been, you've been at this for three years and all you know is that you might have a shield. Like that's, that's as, as much as you've figured out. You're going to have to cook or something. <laughs> But when they do things like that, where it's like, I am this class and therefore I do this, it does feel like I am Leonardo and I have a sword on my toy. So therefore, oh, and my new toy has a spinning sword. So now there's a spinning sword in the cartoon. Yes. Like they just know certain talking points to add in to prove that it's Dungeons and Dragons. It does feel very much like, yeah, like the the G.I. Joe, like I'm the one that does the water stuff. You know, like you come <laughs> yeah. to me when you need a boat. We've got Sheila, who is a thief. That is her class. Yes. Which you would really just know this in this episode by the fact that she's wearing a hoodie cape. Yes. And I know that thieves, I mean, I, I love stealth games as far as video games go. I like being the thief type. But like as far as a class goes, it also means you are a criminal by trade. Like that is at least what it sounds like. But, like that is like you were typically a part of a thieves guild or there's some reason that you are. There's a reason, again, D&D is a rough place, right? Yeah. Like everyone yeah. has a background. Like the reason you're doing the thing you're doing is rough. And so like, of course you're stealing some shit because your parents left you on the streets. I don't know. Like shit's got to get stolen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> People have things. I need them. Well, I, I will say the little bit of Sheila that we saw, I don't know her background and I'm not, you know, going to just attach one to her based off of her appearance, but I'm going to say doesn't seem like she fits like she's a part of a guild <laughs> or even comes from a background where she ever had to steal anything to, to feed herself. I said I was sorry. I didn't mean to. Those goblins scared me. Another guy who doesn't get a lot of screen time is Bobby the Barbarian, who is like a little blonde kid dressed like a cosplay Viking. He is Sheila's little brother, actually. Get away from my sister, you creep! Barbarians and thieves, do they come from the same family, usually? Uh, technically, no. They're tribal people, and their families would be all barbaric. The thing that makes them special is their rage. <laughs> right. Like, that's the ability. In fact, there's a subclass of barbarian that when they rage, they cannot die. Like, they get so mad, you can't kill them until they're no longer in battle, and then they die. And for some of us, that's why you just keep raging. You just keep finding the next fight so you don't die. Yeah. Because otherwise, you don't feel alive, and you got to yeah. keep be staying mad. 100%. Stay mad. Uh. 100%. This is so healthy of a behavior. <laughs> there is a kind of de facto leader of this group of kids. Uh, he seems the most stable. Yeah. <laughs> the least likely to run from a fight, but also the least likely to bully anyone else or just screw up. Uh-huh. A blonde-headed fellow and all green. Looks kind of like Link. From yeah, Legend of Zelda. Yeah, he does. His name is Hank, and his class is Ranger. Not Power Ranger. <laughs> Where do we go now, Hank? Well, Dungeon Master says there's another portal out there, and I say we're going to find it. He's kind of treated like the most central guy as far as what he gets to. He is successful with the things he does. Yes. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> yes. That that is and that is not true for every character on the show. Not at all. He's the most capable. Um as far as a ranger goes, is that usually a, like a forest type guy? It's usually somebody attached to someone in the woods uses a bow, uh nimble, quick. And the whole idea is that you're it's like very much set for a brooding character who's not attached to anyone and doesn't like takes care of the land and that's and not people. Like <laughs> <laughs> so like a, a separationist, one who wished like a Ruby Ridge type, maybe? Yes. <laughs> okay. 100%. Politics aligning or not. Yes, yes. 100%. Yeah. 
you're treading on my grass. This this for you're cutting down this forest. I don't like it. The strange combination of like extreme sec- second amendment rights plus environmentalism. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I had a landlord like that once. It was interesting. <laughs> I really did I I had a guy who seemed like he came out of D&D cuz his name was Raw. Or at least that's what he went by, like the, like the sun god. Or, or at least when he talked to you, huh? Oh, all of us <laughs> called him Raw. We would all call him Raw because he went by Silver Raw Baker. So Wowzers. Or, precious or, sun god, common American last name. I am writing this down as my next NPC. Please. Well, let me fill you in because he he's he's a landlord. He, he loved to intimidate his uh, his tenants. He could basically read everything about your personality by meeting you. He was very accurate with that. He did some kind of martial arts. He was <laughs> he had all kinds of Second Amendment bumper stickers up all over the place. He led sweat lodges on site at the apartment complex because it was really less a complex than like we called it the temple. It was just a big wooden place with apartments in it. <laughs> and he also, I got to say it, walked around with very loose but very thin pants and demonstrated that he was carrying another weapon down there at all times. So it's like he could come at you with three or four different kinds of violence that you just, <laughs> like, at a time. He was all powerful, it felt like. I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Yeah, you paid rent on time. That's what that meant. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> he told us on site, like, when we signed up, me and my roommate, he was like, and look, I know what goes on on these grounds. I know. Like, on a metaphysical level, he is one with the land. He's like Swamp Thing. Like, he knows what goes on in his land. So maybe he's a bit of a ranger. Maybe Silver Raw Baker is a bit of a ranger. Maybe. maybe. I'm like, First I'm time s- you dropped that story on me. I like, yeah, I like that. Thank you, Will. I appreciate that. I'm glad we're both experiencing this. Yeah, 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 just- yeah, for sure. My roommate at the time when I lived in the place with, uh-huh. with Raw as yeah. our, our overlord, uh, he he's really the one that built up the mythology for Raw. Like, uh-huh. I feel like he was more the architect and I was just tightening screws in a few places. Yeah. But you just believe that he had magic powers. Yeah. And, uh, and I bet he knows that we're talking about him right now. Yeah. I believe he senses yeah. it. You don't even have to be on his <laughs> land for that. But yeah, he had an, a magical aura about him. Uh-huh. And uh, so does another <laughs> D&D character, Presto the Magician. He has a magic hat. Is that common for wizards or magicians in, in D&D? I mean, he's like, it's not not common. <laughs> I, I mean, so everybody has a spell focus. There's something that you use to do magic. Is that a piece of wood that's a wand? Is that like most wizards have some sort of spell book that they do their magic out of? His just happens to be his hat. Which feels like a really bad choice. Yeah, because it, it's like he should be at a birthday party. And he's not good at it. That's He's not a professional. He's just guessing at spells. It's, it'd be like if somebody came to my table and was like, I want to make fire. How do I make fire? Like, like, Apparently the answer is hocus pocus make a rhyme about fire and fire will appear, is at least according to this cartoon. Abracadabra and hocus capocus. Save us quick before we go up and smoke us. And that brings us to the case of uh, Diana, uh-huh. the acrobat. Yeah. And no, she wasn't murdered and, and, or anything like that so, or, or committed a crime, I, as far as I know. She's just another character on the show, one of the kiddos that got right. brought over to D&D land. I'm Diana. Nice to meet you. It's just a... It's a hmm. It's a bummer. Yeah. It's, a, it's not cool, to say the least. Um, it's a very unwoke thing that happened with... What they did in designing her, and it's just, uh, you you wish it didn't happen. You yeah. hate to see it. And uh, is, is it arbitrary? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Did someone have a, <laughs> did someone set out to do a real shitty thing? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, either way, they, they sure did one, though. 
she doesn't she doesn't get a lot of screen time really. It's more just it stuck out to me like how unfortunate this was. <laughs> she is the only character of color, I believe, uh, of the six. Yes, or at least the one obviously drawn so, and she is in a caveman bikini. Like Uggs, an Uggs bikini. And it's, don't know if that was intentional or they thought of how that looked, but, you know, putting the only character of color in <laughs> tribal wear in that way. I don't, I mean, that maybe that's accurate to D&D. That would be one of my questions to you. Is that, is that typical of a, an acrobat? Think about a group of 35, 40 year old men in 1970 in a basement playing a game about fantasy. What image of a woman are they going to invoke? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it happens to be this. Like, if they're going to wear armor, it only covers the bra. Like, it's just a metal bra. It's like whatever I think is sexy plus the material that would identify them as this class. Yes. She, she's a, <laughs> she's a, a hunter. She's a ranger. So bikini, but it's green and leather. Uh-huh. Boom. Got it. Done. <laughs> Saving the worst for last. Because, uh-huh. uh, I mean, none of these characters, some of them are okay. <sighs> You get along with them okay. Yeah. Like, I think Hank and I could hang Hank, out in the forest yeah. somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. But. Well, H- Hank then or Hank now? If he. If I mean, he, Hank now grown. is my elder. Yeah. So I'm probably <laughs> going to bring him something that he can gum for dinner. Uh-huh. You know? Like, I don't know. I, he's not that old. He's like 10 years, you know, uh-huh. he's 15 years older than us. So that's. 15 that's not years our senior. Yeah. 15 years I'll be eating jello only. Oh, yeah. That's you my will. plan. Well, yeah. I'm almost there now. A lot of these characters are at least abrasive, we'll say. Uh, It's not necessarily that there's anything wrong with them on a personal level, but they're all loud and children. Look at me. What a bad uh combo that is. Like, yeah, get quiet kids. If you're looking for kids, Travis, you'll probably agree as a Uh parent. Yeah. Get quiet kids if you can. Yes. Um, And don't wake daddy. Yeah. (laughs) Never, never wake daddy. Don't wake daddy. But the one that just is... The squeakiest wheel, the the shittiest wheel, the wheel that ran through a pile of shit. Wants the grease. Yeah. He wants the grease. I, it just needs to go. Yeah. Get rid of the wheel. <laughs> go to Discount Tires. Um, Is a, a guy named Eric, and he is a level 50 asshole. The cavalier, Eric, yes. uh, who I guess uh, he is a paladin. It, it is a, a warrior for a deity. You take an oath to a deity who gives you more juice. You get a little bit of that holy magic, and but he has. There's nothing noble. Uh, and in A D and D, you had to be. You had to be good. Yes. And if you ever acted outside of good, the DM could take your powers from you. He doesn't really display any power other than, like you said, I own a shield, and sometimes I use it. Yes. So maybe the the god of shields just passed one down to him, but he he mostly just is a pain in the ass. And don't forget, it was I, the courageous cavalier, that saved you and the ring. You mean cowardly cavalier, don't you? If it weren't for me, we wouldn't even have the ring or the free trip home. And of course, you're going to have like a smart ass. You're going to have the the guy that's going to challenge the leadership in some way. Mm -hmm. But this guy just seems to be a complainer who has not adjusted from whatever lifestyle he had for three seasons. Now, it's he's getting his hair cut by somebody at the beginning of it and complaining about the haircut. That's yeah, (laughs) it's a spoiled kid. And I and he he is very difficult to even watch. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, we're trapped in a dark, evil place. We have to go do the thing. It might get us home. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if you as a DM have ever had a talk with someone about their behavior in game. I don't know if that's a responsibility that you would take on. Just cut one throat. (laughs) Or just be like, hey, man, uh, you know, everyone's just trying to have a good time here. Kind of harshen our vibe, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I was at a table. There was like a kind of like a table hog or like he always wanted to be the center of attention. Like the story was about him and not the other eight people playing. And I remember we all went on break once and the DM was like, hey, you want to go grab dinner? And like went to the Burger King across the street and came back and it was different. <laughs> Locked him in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the broomstick. Tuned him up in the parking lot a little bit and then brought yeah. him back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess basically if you had an Eric the Cavalier at the table, you might want to take him to Burger King. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And maybe just talk to him like, hey, bud, you want to be here? You sure you want to be here? Yeah. A little <laughs> bit is, of that. This is how this game goes. Yeah. And you don't like rolling dice? Maybe don't play this game. Yeah. There's kind of a lot of that. Exactly. The episode that we chose to expose ourselves to. Uh-huh. This is a willing <laughs> exposure. Yeah. Like we we were a test group and Brandon also he volunteered. well, I guess we recruited him. We recruited, yeah. But he, it was of his own volition that he, he did it. He, he didn't have willingly. to. Yeah, he came willingly. He didn't have to. Yeah. There was no uh, bent arms. We decided to watch uh, an episode from the final season yeah. to fi- find out what the hell is the show all about. And it is an atypical episode for uh-huh. even this atypical series. It was season 3. Episode two or episode 23, depending on how you look at it, Time Lost is the title. Now, at this point in D&D history, even in general, not just on the cartoon, D&D was starting to take its licks in media because there were incorrectly and shittily things being attached to D&D. It was being blamed for things the same way like we were blaming. I mean, rock music was being blamed. It's a satanic panic. Dungeons and Dragons. Some claim it's a simple, harmless game. Yet suicides, murders, and robberies have been linked to this game. And I have letter after letter where people took the pieces of the game, they would throw them in the incinerator or the fireplace, and screams would come out because there seemed to be some kind of spiritual forces inhabiting those pieces. On the cartoon, they had to put a warning at the top by this time of this episode that came out that it has been linked to violence. Now, if the parents turned on the show and saw the main villain, Venger is his name, not Avenger, Avenger. Then they have a reason. I get it because the guy looks like a heavy metal album cover. Uh-huh. He's a demonic man on a black horse that flies through the air on bat wings. There is no escape from the realm of dungeons and dragons. He's got the kind of Loki one horn look going, which it's cool if like the other one's broken off, uh-huh. but this just looks like an unfinished drawing to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird uh, asymmetrical look that I'm not digging a whole bunch. I feel like he's on a quest to get it, but we never see that. Like maybe yeah. it, the last group of teenagers ran sent off his horn to the... It was yeah. coming. It was coming the next season. <laughs> I don't really know how these six kids that seem really not good at what they do can like, stay alive, can yeah. stay alive and <laughs> and how they're at all a threat to Venger. Maybe uh-huh. if we watched another 20 episodes, we would understand better. Yeah. But Venger is a very powerful, evil wizard. He seems to be doing fine. I, I don't know what he wants out of life right. more than what he has. But for some reason, him and these kids are mortal enemies. He's just constantly hounding them, trying to do anything but kill them. Uh He will go to the ends of the earth (laughs) to not kill them, but to get rid of them somehow. Uh And so in this episode, he he has a plan. Okay. (laughs) 
Let's let's walk through the plan really yeah, quick. Let's walk. Yeah, okay. it's long winded. Yeah, let's do he's, this. He's procured uh, some kind of jewel yeah. that allows him to create portals through time and I guess dimensions because he's not pulling from the history of D&D land. Yeah. He's pulling from the history of the world where the, the kids world come as from. we know it. Yes. Yeah. And of course the kids, hey, once they find out about these portals opening up, that's a good deal because they're always looking for a way to get home. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's right up their alley. Yeah. And I don't know why he doesn't want them to, if he hates them so much, why doesn't he just let them go home? <laughs> if his deal is, I don't want the kids at my fucking place, let them leave. Let, let them go let back him, to their house. Yeah, send yeah, them home. That, that would solve it. He is opening, well, he's not even opening. These portals just open up at random because of the crystal to different time periods in the past of our world. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that happens in the episode is a jet from, I, I don't know, modern times or the near future flies into D&D <laughs> land through one of these portals. <laughs> Venger takes it and says, I'm going to give that jet to someone else uh -huh. that is from your history. Uh -huh. Okay. So we're all, that's where we're at. Yep. The person that he's going to pull from history, he's going to give them this jet, send them back. That will change history. And that changing history will make it so that these kids were never, never born. born. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh -huh. I, that's such a, just kill him. Uh <laughs> just kill him. Call me. Yes. I'll kill him right now. Yeah. There's got to be somebody around. If you can't get the balls to do it, Venture, somebody will do it. I promise you. <laughs> Luckily, these kids have somebody on their side from D&D land. Somebody who's not me, uh -huh. who's not so willing to kill wipe, them for hire. Yeah, the wipe them off the yeah. face of this earth. They have someone on their side, eh, kind of on their <laughs> side, a fellow who goes by the name of Dungeon Master. Uh, he His name is Dungeon Master. He's the master of dungeons. <laughs> yes. He is a guy who shows up as he pleases. He is on his own schedule entirely. Mm -hmm. And even though he is, in this case, unlike in the game where you're not on anybody's side, he seems to be on the side of the kids ostensibly, but he seems very unhelpful. Yeah. Like a trickster type who only shows up and only gives information in the least direct way, <laughs> which I can imagine a DM, a real DM doing. Like, that's that makes sense because you're trying to add some interest. Alas, there are surprises in store here, and not all of them pleasant. Tell us straight for once. I won't have to, Cavalier. Time will tell. Huh? Save it, Eric. He's gone again. To him, this all is a game. To them, this is life and death. Do you ever feel like you are in charge of people's lives? Um, I mean, no. <laughs> Uh, I mean, because no. they fuck with my shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, but no. Uh, the, I mean, they, no. <laughs> they, they they absolutely fuck with my shit all the time. Right. <laughs> I think that this dungeon master is such an interesting character. I also have this like perspective that he's also playing the same role for the other side. <laughs> like he's he's like going around influencing the other side to get them to fight harder. Like good point. Playing both sides. Yeah, he's just a he's kind of a dick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he is playing like 5D chess even like he is actually he is a, like a Mr. Mixel Pitlick or whatever where he is above <laughs> our reality and can see all the angles and is playing a game with these children are, are characters to him. He is outside of all of it. Yeah, it seems sinister the way that he doesn't help them even with more information, let alone whatever power he might wield. He's obviously all powerful. Yeah. Like he's, there's like there's like moments of like, oh, you can do whatever you want. Yes. 
but you're not going to send us home. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It seems like there are a lot of opportunities to leave this place. And sometimes they're just not able to take them. And sometimes they choose not to take them for a noble cause, I think. But like, there's a lot of portals being opened up between D and D land and America. (laughs) And I don't know what the deal is there, but like, it's not just wait around for another week or so, you know, and you'll probably catch one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's every Sunday at six. Like it's, 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 exactly. There's a lot that's written online about this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, not not some of the things I wanted to read about, but there's a lot <laughs> written about the, you know, the Requiem script, the finale that wasn't ever really made, I guess. At some point, and we know this because fans are, are ravenous for this <laughs> info and somebody is quite happy to <laughs> leak it out to them. Yeah. In some script, there was supposed to be a line, didn't make it to air, revealing that Venger, the main villain of this series, is actually the Dungeon Master's son. And that complicates things. <laughs> if you if you watch the show and you see how the DM interacts with the kids. Conflict of interest. I would say. Yeah, uh-huh. I would say. One, what trauma did Dungeon Master create to create Venger? You know that guy's a huh. shitty dad. Yeah. He just pops in, talks in riddles, walks off. Kind of sounds like my dad, but it's it's a whole <laughs> like <laughs> he showed up to no sporting events. That's right. Yeah, yeah. With Venger, like he is stuck in such a bad guy. I, I am only into evil things. That's it. Yes. Uh, like he's a hot topic guy. Like that. He's a major hot topic guy. Oh, he he listened to emo music. Yeah. He like he bought the parental advisory uh, CDs just <laughs> because right. they had the parental advisory thing on them. A stack of black jinkos in his closet. Yes. 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 Avenger is using this world-ending power to use the time crystal thing, uh. <laughs> waiting around for the right portal to open up. And he has his, his futuristic jet that yep. he's going to give to someone, and the right portal opens up and poops out <laughs> a World War II German Nazi pilot, Air- aircraft, aircraft yeah. man, uh-huh. Josef Mueller. Uh, Mueller. Josef uh, Mueller. I guess this is just kismet because he picked the nicest, least Nazi Nazi uh-huh. ever to have lived. <laughs> this guy was just, and I know that there were people that were in a situation they didn't they had agree no choice. with. They yeah, did, had yeah. no choice. Yeah. And that's, that doesn't make uh, the actions okay. But like this guy was a fighter pilot and I guess didn't agree with the Nazis, but he was, he was there doing yeah. that. And Venger's going to give him this plane and send him back. And the uh-huh. guy, very nice to the kids when he meets them. He sees his reflection in the water. Uh, he, he, and that's he, how you he, know he's a good guy. Yeah, he takes off his... Uh... <laughs> Because if you see your, your reflection in the water, it means you are reflective. Yeah, it means you're not a vampire. It means that you lo- <laughs> I more meant that the, that's the writer's way of saying, I'm thinking about myself. Okay. I'm reflecting on myself. <laughs> so stupid. He, he's basically, he goes and rips off his thing that tells you he's a Nazi because he doesn't want the kids to find out. Yeah. But he's, he's very sweet with the kids. Yeah. I do think they should be a little more... A little more weary of him than they are. Like World War II was only thirty years before, oh, yeah, forty years yeah, before. Crazy, yeah, that, yeah. But he interacts with them. He's a nice guy. He's like basically like I don't want to be Nazi. And then <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's, that's no, good. That's good. As good as I can do. Yeah. Then Venger catches up and kidnaps him, takes him to the future plane, and says, "I'm sending you back with this, and you're going to win the entire World War II with one futuristic plane. Just you. Yes. No pressure." This is where I, I question. I liked that we had this nice non-Nazi-Nazi. Uh-huh. Nazi, yeah, non-Nazi-Nazi. But, Nazi, but yeah. Yosef, I don't know that I trust him because 
He says, okay. Uh-huh. And maybe he is just rolling with the punches here. When the demon man says, I'm sending you back with the future plane, you say, yes, sir. Okay. Uh-huh. But he plays to the kids when they show up and say, Yosef, you're supposed to be a good guy now. And he's like, there's been a change of plans. And then he's going to go do it. First off, his poker face is strong AF, yes. dude. So, yeah, if, he, if this is all just a ploy of him playing along, he gets a fucking Oscar. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, he got me. But I'm wondering, is this guy, it seems like he flips... <laughs> And then he flops uh-huh. and then he flips back. <laughs> He's a good guy. Then he says, sure, I'll fly the plane back into the past and win the world war. And the kids have nothing to do but get attacked by a demon. Yeah. And this they don't do anything of import except for being nice to the Nazi man. They just watch as he flies his plane and crashes it intentionally and jumps out in a parachute and manages uh-huh. to get back into the portal and go into the past. <laughs> so he saves the day. Yeah. And so this cartoon for children The hero of the story is a Nazi pilot from World War II. It's a weird, it's a weird choice. You Uh you wouldn't have thought of this as the first choice of how you want your your children's Saturday morning cartoon to end. Again, a D&D session was supposed to be four hours. Everyone showed up three hours late. Yes. And like the idea was that you would have a social interaction with this guy and change his mind about hating and then he would save the day and it would be in your hands. But we didn't have time for that. So guess yeah. what? He just, he's going to do it and y'all are going to deal with it because otherwise you're dead. Like otherwise yeah. y'all are gone. It's now making me think, should I write this campaign? Like, should I, should I put this into mine? I think you should. <laughs> See if it works. I think you should. And you should name the main villain after Travis and I in some port- portmanteau <laughs> way so that they know who to blame for what they're having to deal with. Oh, yeah. Before we let Brandon get off of the eighth Zoom room that uh-huh. we had entered, because uh, every 40 minutes we were having to <laughs> <laughs> switch rooms uh-huh. because, uh, hey, you know what? I'm not paying. We're not paying we don't, for we it. We don't have a Patreon. Yeah. You know, and when we do, we'll we'll buy other things yeah. before we get Zoom Pro. But that's on the list. We of can things. handle 40 minute increments. OK, uh, Brandon was a saint <laughs> to deal with that that mess. Hey, we, we had it down to a system where it was it was pretty seamless transition. By the final time it happened. <laughs> It was happening reasonably fast. <laughs> yeah. I will admit that much. Uh-huh. So we wanted to make sure that we gave Brandon a little space to uh, plug anything if he had it, and, yeah. and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But the only thing he, I guess he did have something to plug. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. I think that D&D is something that everyone should play. And if you don't know what D&D is, there's a ton of online content for how to play and like you can watch people playing. Also, just pick up a book and and start playing. That's how I started it's the most best therapy that I get every week, uh, and I pay for therapy. Um, <laughs> it's the most fun that I get to have. It, it like teaches me to have fun as an adult. I think everyone should play D anD D, and if I can, if I can evangelize for one moment, it's the only thing that I would ever evangelize. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> preach it, brother. Yeah, for hey, sure, yeah, bro. you know, yeah. sing it. <laughs> I get a little teary eyed talking about it, you know. Huge thank you to Brandon Hunt for joining us today and to you for going on a dungeon crawl with us Mm -hmm. through Dungeons & Dragons, the animated series. And if you think that you have a warrior's heart, that you have what it takes to slay a dragon, try this on for size first. Head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, write us a written review, Mm -hmm. and subscribe to Days Past Tooncast. This is not a dice-rolling situation. This is a guaranteed hit. We will appreciate it. Hey, listen, also go check out our Twitter and Instagram at DPTooncast. We also have a website, DPTooncast.com. Please go check it out. It's good. (laughs) Please, everyone. Please. We're so polite. Will you just please please do it? 
Okay, so last time we talked a little bit about, you know, we're doing this monthly thing during the summer. And summer's about to end, baby. Ooh, September. Kids yeah. are back in school. Uh-huh. They're going back earlier than ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> it's crazy. Next month, we return to a regular schedule. It's October. Yeah. We all know. It's going to get spooky. <laughs> it's time to get scary, baby. It's going to be some spooky business yeah, up scary, in here. Yeah. But before we get spooky, we're going to get secret. There is a movie coming out at the beginning of next month, and it's been delayed so many times. If it doesn't come out... This episode's still dropping. Uh, okay? Oh, we're dropping it, baby. It's happening. We're dropping it. We've been waiting two years yeah. to do this episode, and it's coming finally. To start <laughs> off October, we will be talking about none other than James Bond Jr. Yeah, baby. JBJ. And then after that, it's horror business all through October. <laughs> I mean, what else could you could you want? Nothing. If you're greedy, maybe you can think of something, but otherwise... <laughs> We don't want greedy listeners. Yeah, get out of so here. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, no, please stay and rate and review and yeah. subscribe. So come back for that next month. Until that spookiest, ookiest of times. Tutor my duder. Tutor my duder. Brandon, we love you. Now, did you tell Brandon that he went against my Brandon and my work? That he was he was up, he was runner up. No, no, I don't want him knowing that there's pressure. <laughs> we 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 said, who do we know named Brandon that could talk about Dungeons and Dragons? We like the sound of this pairing of Brandons and Brandons and Dragons. And you won out. You won out. That's good. Yeah, you won. So congrats. There can only be one. I I, I feel like Travis is still a little bitter, but we'll worry about that off. <laughs> oh my God.